Hey guys, my name is Sagan and I'm an addict. Hey, what's up? It's Sam and I'm an addict. My name is Mark and I'm an addict. I'm Mike and I'm an addict. And welcome to Recovery on the Real. As you just heard, we've got Mike with us today, which I'm low-key. This is probably the one I'm like most excited about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying because we just never know what's going to come out of your mouth, and yeah. I, I I love that. Keep I think this the is the first person I had mentioned. Like we're at that we had done our first episode. I'm like. Mike F. Yep. I want to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. So we're just really excited to have you here and really grateful that you took the time out to record with us today. So uh, we just wanted to kind of hear a little bit about you if you wanted to kind of give us like an overview of, you know, who you are, how it is that you think, <laughs> and come up with the shit that you come up with because honestly, I, I'm, in, I'm in love with it. I love it so much. Uh, I have no idea how I come up with the stuff I think. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what the format would be here. I thought you were going to ask me a bunch of questions about counseling or something. Yeah, we can. Know. No, that's definitely going to be part of it too because that's, that's a huge deal. So It's like our first actual like, licensed professional on right. here in the field yeah. of uh, you know, mental health and. Which is really cool. Um, somewhere I'd want to be someday, I think. Um, just kind of taking it as it comes. I'm just glad I feel better today. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, just kicking my ass, being sick, man. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I'm going to school right now for psychology, and right. you you were able to, you know, shine shine some light on some things that I should think about right. going into this field, and I just I just really appreciated that. Um, can you kind of tell us? How your education in psychology has helped with your current career, um, what you do now? You know, the funny part is, although I'm a therapist as far as personal, it doesn't help at all. <laughs> <laughs> you, would, you would think yeah, that you'd have, get some kind of insight or some kind of tools that nobody else has, and, and you really don't. It's uh, It's been a difficult struggle. You know, I've struggled with mental illness, I guess, since I was a kid. It really didn't become... It really didn't become prevalent or relevant until I uh, got into my 20s, especially after I got on methamphetamine. Um, it just exacerbated the situation, made it worse. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been a struggle. You know, I, I pretty much, uh, I stay suicidal. I just, I fight it daily because uh, I got people that depend on me and, you know, I have a, I have a role to play, but, but, but it's hard because uh, you never get a day off. It's 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, every day, and uh, there, you, you, there, there, there's never a break. And uh, I don't know how I made it through graduate school. My professors were very understanding. I, we, you know, we had to sit in class 10, 11 hours a day. I was all over the place. I'd be on the windowsill. <laughs> I'd be in this chair. I'd be in that chair. I'd go over here. I'd go over there. Uh, my attention span is like that, you know, but I, but I made it through. Uh, and by the grace of God, I, I made it through the licensing procedure. And, I, you know, I'm a licensed professional counselor right now. Uh, I mostly work with kids. I don't really like adults that much because they're full of shit. Excuse my language. <laughs> That's fine. Let it yeah, fly. But, the, uh, <laughs> you know, the kids are my blessing. Uh, I'm, I'm a 1099 employee. means I'm a subcontractor. I, I contract with agencies. And uh, right now I'm working like 16, 18 hours a week uh, because of my mental health. And, and I'm, re I'm really just focused on, like, staying away from the drugs and uh, working this program and... Uh, Giving it all I got. I just, I just, you know, I'm too old, so I'm just gonna say what's on my mind. Uh, I usually mean what I say, mm -hmm. and, I, and I try not to. Uh, I try not to hurt anybody's feelings these days. Uh, where did I start? You know, I'm a, uh, I'm, I'm a north side guy. I'm a street guy. I'm more way, way more comfortable in the hood than I am with the rich people, especially rich white people. They irritate me. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I'm pretty much a gutter dweller. I always have been, and, and I probably always will be. My, it's funny because my first wife, she was black, and she'd be like, damn, you're in the hood more than I am. Like, well, this is my comfort area, you know. Yeah. And uh, I'll never forget, like, it was a quarter paper. It was crank back then, and uh, I fell in love. You know, it was instant, and uh, I wish I knew today what I that I didn't know then about how it would uh, be instrumental in, in just destroying my life multiple times. I I don't know how most people get high, but I go until I have seizures. I go until the dope man threatens everybody at the place. If they get me high, he'll shoot them. You know, that's how I get down. And, like, I just, I don't like to feel, so I medicate. Um, I used to be anti-NA. You know, at first I would dog NA on Facebook. I talk shit in the meetings. I talk shit in the parking lot. And then I just had an epiphany one day, and, and I kind of understood that I have a feelings disease. I don't like to feel. And um, 
You know, I got a pattern. I think I think all addicts have a pattern. I think we have a specific pattern that we fall, and there's an ebb and flow to it. I build it up, I come up, I trick it all off. I build it up, I come up, I trick it all off. Mm-hmm. And about um, you know, two years ago, I tricked it all off. I went through some, some I went through an emotional turmoil with some people that I bought a house with. I was put into a very, very uncomfortable uh, position personally with my feelings. And next thing you know, I'm 55 years old, working the door to trap house with other people's clothes on, and hair down to my shoulders, and a big ass beard, and I didn't give a fuck. All I cared about was getting high. Dope man wrecked my car. Uh, you got some dope. All my money's gone. You got some dope. What? I owe all these bills. You got some dope. That was, you know, that's where we get. Um, today, I do believe that I have the disease of addiction. Um, and it manifests in that physical urge and, you know, the uh, constant obsession yeah. and then the urge. So I have to be careful. You know, I could. it could be caffeine. It could be porn. It could be whatever. I just I overindulge because I'm trying to medicate something and uh, I don't like the way I feel. It's, and it's just, it's been a really rough ride. You know, I got the dual diagnosis. I, I, but I, what I don't like... You have to be very, very careful because people will label you attention-seeking, but then they tell you, well, you need to reach out. And so it's, it's yeah. like a right. fine line. Yeah. Because then, then then if you put something on Facebook, like I put you, if you know me, you know I'm liable to put anything on Facebook because I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. I don't care about your opinion. I don't care what you think because we're told to reach out. But you get this, you just get to this place where you reach out to so many people and everybody's like, well, I don't know what to tell you to do. Well, shit, I don't know either. Yeah. So you just want it to end. And, uh you know, that's why, like, I try to make myself uh, very, very approachable in certain aspects to the people in Narcotics Anonymous when they need help, when they're feeling the same way that I do. Because, uh, unfortunately, the steps don't cure bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, schizoaffective, major depression, uh, generalizing anxiety disorder. You know, you can work the steps until you're blue in the face, and that's just still going to be there. Uh, a lot of people, they, they misunderstand post-acute withdrawal with innate mental illness. You know, there's a, there's a difference. Yeah, when you first get clean off meth, you're going to have some anxiety. You're going to have some depression. Yeah. Your brain chemicals are all fucked yeah. up. But then there's those that had it before the drugs and after the drugs. And I feel like they're giving a disservice to narcotics anomalies because you get a lot of people telling them, well, you, don't, you, you can't take those. You're not clean if, if you're on psychotropic medication. Right. You know, if you're trying to... Um, if you're trying to, to to address your mental health using pharmacological means, and uh, they get a disservice. So I feel like that's my role, you know. When I hear about sponsors telling their sponsees that you need to get off the psych meds, Bullshit. I, I, I yeah. flip out. That's, yeah. that's insane. You know, it's like, what about out. nicotine and caffeine for mood-altering? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. was a guy if we're going to go that far with it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> was a guy I had a roommate at my recovery house who his sponsor made him take a year off his clean date because he got off his uh, antidepressant. And Are I was like, I, yeah. And he did it. He listened to his sponsor. And uh, he worked a different fellowship Absolutely than we did. But crazy. I just don't understand that. Do <laughs> not say, understand and that, that behavior. And saying crazy, not to be insensitive, but that is absolutely yeah. fucking wheels. And I think that, you know, what you're saying about the ask you to reach out within your teaching seeker. I think right. people have a lack of compassion. And maybe they generally want to be there and do the right thing. But, you know, that's made, made me think about that. Because if I tell someone to reach out, man, I need to make sure that on the reciprocating end of that, I'm coming up with the compassion. Yeah, because that's, that's a big deal. Yeah. That really is. And, you know, like Mike was saying, um, at least for me, I'm not going to speak for other people. Well, I'll speak for Sam. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> There is a big eye roll over here. <laughs> <laughs> our mental illness started way before our drug use. Yes. Yeah. You know, I remember being seven, eight years old and telling my parents something doesn't feel right. Like yeah. something is wrong and I don't know what it is and I think I need to talk to somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then when I started using, I thought I'd found the answer. Yeah. You know, I thought that I had found the cure and I was going to be okay. Little did I know that it was dragging me into the pit of hell into something much worse than my mental illness by itself ever could have. So, you know, I was my, the mental health diet, only one I've ever gotten is a major depressive disorder or clinical depression. And like, I've always like played it to the left. Like it's not that big of a deal, but I've noticed a progression and like things that I like sometimes there's just no coming up from it. But I always think that I don't have anything wrong with me. Like it, it's weird how that works, man. Like I think you just get so used to it. I think I think it's I think that may be um, difficult to treat. Like it says in our literature about being an anti antisocial thing. Yeah. But it's like that's like oftentimes the reason I don't want to be a part of, or I try to create a 
catastrophe to make myself uh, ostracized, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, that, that's a that's the one that I've always suffered with. And I think I, or, you know, and I think back, I remember it being about 15 years old and, like, catching a buzz off a cigarette, and that took me away from that feeling. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized I could use people, substances, video yeah. games. Anything changes the way we feel. And Absolutely. The, the interesting thing is a lot of people don't, because we're bombarded by these ads on TV, by the uh, big pharma companies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. About, you know, medications and answer. What, what they don't tell you is like 40% of mentally ill people are absolutely uh, psychotropic medication resistant. And then you have a percentage where it changes you and it takes away your personality. It makes you into, turns you into a mm-hmm. robot. Yeah. You can't feel, so people choose to just deal with their mental illness without medication because they don't like they don't like the changes. And uh, you know, there's not a lot of compassion in the room for the mentally ill. And uh, but you gotta remember when people get in here, you know, usually their ego takes over. Everybody's life is perfect. Fear and ego. Everybody's yeah. higher power has has gotten jobs and got them off court cases and kept them out of jail. Oh my God, life is so amazing. Well, mine ain't that fucking amazing. You know. You know, I, I struggle, and uh, I think, like, when we're real in here, like, I, I, I usually want to shut down my Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'll get this message from a person I don't even know, say, hey, bro, you really touched me at the meeting. Yeah. Hey, you really helped me. I need to hear what you hear because yep. you keep it real, and, and I'm feeling the same way. And, and, you know, it's very, very important. I'm going to reiterate, you know, post-acute withdrawal is way, way different than innate mental illness, and, uh I don't think enough people understand that, you know, the, uh, like sponsors should have to take a class on how to actually sponsor some kind of workshop, yeah. some kind of workshop that, that clues them in, you know, and it has pamphlets about mental health and mental illness. It tells you in the book, if you need outside help, go get you some yeah. outside help, yeah. bro. Cause we can't, you know, we don't do social work. We're not therapists. Uh, we're not psychiatrists, you know, like, I feel like that's my role. And, um, you know, I wish I could say that life is easy, but it's not. It's a struggle. You know, I struggle every day. Uh, I'm highly medication resistant. Uh, it doesn't mean I give up hope on meds. It means after 60 days, I'm DCing this shit. I don't care what you say if I don't feel like it's benefiting me. Yeah. Right. And uh, me personally, I get frustrated because I reach out to my friends and they're like, well, I don't know what to do. Do you need to go inpatient? I'm like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> but uh, I'm suicidal. <laughs> I mean, I want to die. Oh, my God. And then it's like, but... Like, you want to die, but you have so much to give. And so many people yeah. say that they depend on you, and, and, and you help them. And then you're like, well, fuck it. I'll live one more day. And, and like, I just believe in honesty. Like, when I interview for jobs, I tell them, hey, look, I'm bipolar. I might miss a month. I might be in the hospital <laughs> for a month. It might be three weeks. <laughs> you know, and I lose a lot of jobs because of my disclosure. But I'd rather you know up front yeah. than me. T- and and yeah. I, I, I stay out of relationships. I used to be a predator in the rooms of narcotics anonymous. Thirteen step was my favorite step. I worked that bitch daily, and uh, you know I, I don't I don't do that anymore. I believe in getting these, giving these young women a chance to recover. These dudes they get in here, they smash it, and then these girls never come back because they feel like shit and, and they're embarrassed. You know, yeah. like we come here to change, and I and, and I'm in these rooms and I'm watching these people. Well, dude, you was displaying that same behavior like seven years ago. You know, yeah. you the same person you was when I first met you. And we all probably know who I'm talking about. But like, man, one of the beautiful things about Narcotics Anonymous is the gift of discernment. And what I mean by discernment is I don't listen to some people. I ain't heard a word they say because they full of shit. And then there's other people where I catch every word they say yeah. because they're yep. genuine. And I can feel... Like, I'm a street dude. I don't know about you, but I got radar. I can tell when you're yeah. full of shit. Ding, 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 ding. You know, my, my radar goes off. And then when, when, when I get the radar that you're genuine, I let you in. And I keep my I keep my crew small. You know, I got like six, seven friends. I, I don't. I have love for everybody, but I don't love everybody. I don't even know you. Fuck, I'm going to love you and I don't know you. So there's a lot of... Um, like there's a lot of areas of narcotics anonymous that I that I that I don't agree with, but in all honesty, without narcotics anonymous, I would be nowhere. Uh, especially after this last relapse, like the clothes on my back, the fees to get into a recovery house, um, down to hygiene items when I went to treatment, they were all provided by my village of narcotics anonymous. And it's amazing how people will set up when you leave the trap house and, and uh, you you know you're trying to get clean again and. Uh, like I said, when I went to treatment, I had somebody else's clothes on. And they all smelled like the trap house. Dog shit and dog piss 
And every one, every every once in a while, even today, I'll get a whiff of it. And I know it's all in my head, but it just reminds me where I came from. And uh, beautiful thing is, if if you, if you put effort in Narcotics Anonymous, you will get out what you put in. Yep. Yeah. Because there the are some good. Thing. There are like there are some good people in these rooms, and they're they are genuine. They will help you in any way, and but they're quick to throw a boundary up. Yeah. I'll feed you a couple times. I'll even take you to the grocery store. But hey, bro, are you trying to get a job? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it, yeah. we have to put boundaries and up. That comes with getting them to help, getting an individual to help themselves. Yeah. yeah, and thank God for that for me. Yeah, you know, we were talking about having someone do a class for sponsoring. I was reminded in Arizona they make you do a class where you can chair a meeting, and I really, really? feel like we should adopt that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> kind of like a mock one. <laughs> Anyways, that's kind of off the topic, but yeah, this the program just same for me. I mean, I've been embraced of where I went, but it's only because I found my people here. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can't just go fucking with everybody that's in the rooms because, like, that's going to get burned hard. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, we are all addicts, so when we come in these rooms, we still have that addict behavior, right? So we're still self-centered. We still have the ego. Right. Well, we're, we're still looking to, to see what we can get from that person. And there's a lot of fear-based reaction yes. and shit. Like, the whole thing, I think that that's ego and fear has completely taken over by the time I'm getting off of that animalistic state of mind yeah. and coming in here and it's yeah. just like, you know, I want to feel good. I want this. I want the benefits, but I don't want to do any other, other work. And yeah. You, you can almost feel the pressure to be one of the cool kids on archives. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. I felt that everywhere. You know, there's, there's like a lot of pressure. Like, you have to say, my life is amazing. My higher power is working miracles. And if you come in on the other side of the spectrum where, hey, I'm suicidal as fuck. Yeah. I hate everybody and I hate life. Well, then, you know, you're looked at a certain way. But I think there's just as many people in here. Like, I'm very, very careful about how I flaunt, like, when I have the big push-button car and I got the big house in Kuwaita and I got 20 grand in the bank. Because what we got to remember, man, there's people in here on disability, people in here that are homeless, people in here on minimum wage jobs. And uh, they're, like, I'm just as valuable to narcotics anonymous when I have money and when I don't have money. When I have the push button car, and when I'm driving a car without a front end, yeah, you know, we're, we're with those are not indicative of our recovery. What's indicative of our recovery is how we treat the newcomer in the parking yeah. lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how, that's how I look at people's recovery. Like, yeah, yeah, you make a million dollars a year, but you're an asshole. Yeah. yeah, you know, you don't you don't get respect from me. But when you treat people like I came up, you treat the janitor as just the way, same way you treat the CEO. Yeah. Yep. They get the same level of respect. And I, and I try to bring that to the, uh, on a personal level and, and, and treat everybody. Like, I'm here for everybody, you gotta, but you got to come to me. I don't really, nope. you know, I ain't the most, I'm not the most easily approachable person. Okay, on that note, I'm just going to stop you there for a second because when I first came in, you know, and you would share in meetings, and, and you, God, you always just said some good shit, and it always just hit passionate. home. Yeah, just so passionate and just real, and, like, you intimidated me. And I'm not used to that. I'm used to intimidating other people. Not intentionally, but people always tell me that I intimidate them. It's It is probably <laughs> my face. I have, a, I have a raging RBF. Plus, they can be good, like, clinically. You have a good cold calculated yeah. demeanor and I'm just kidding. Wow I'm just guys kidding. wow I'm just kidding I'm just giving you but, shit but um but yeah like I was completely intimidated by you at first and now that I think about it going back to everything being fear based I was like he's gonna call me on my shit like if something happens or if you know I say something or whatever and, and I'm completely full of shit because I can be sometimes yeah. you're gonna call me on my shit and I'm gonna feel like shit you know what I mean but it got to a point where you know, my sponsor has a very high respect for you. And we're talking about Valerie. And she has a huge amount of respect for you. Love her. Yeah, I yeah, love she's her. She's amazing. And that her relationship with you is all is is like the stamp that I needed. You know what I mean? To know that you're good people. So Well, thank you. You're you're very welcome. Yeah, and so absolutely. that the other day when you know I was talking about my class and everything, about being in psychology, and you kinda chimed in a little bit, I'm like, Oh, this is my door. <laughs> I'm gonna go over there and talk to him. <laughs> That common ground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm very, very passionate about our field. I take that, like, really, really serious. And uh, it's important because we don't have enough people in the mental health profession who are like us. Like, I don't know about y'all, but if my therapist hasn't gotten high, I can't get with you. Yeah. I'm the same way, 100%. You, you know, you have no—I mean, you can—you learned it in a, in a classroom as a construct, as a theoretical perspective from a book. 
We lived at the trap house. Yeah. Yeah. With with you know we 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 smoked meth or shot meth yeah. or keistered meth or yeah. snorted meth. We, we lived it. Yeah. We, yeah. we lived it. So like, and there's so many things that you can't learn. Yeah. From without yeah. A, the the firsthand experience and uh, yeah absolutely. And like the last time I went through treatment, my counselor in the treatment center had never touched a drug or a drink in his life and was telling me about behaviors and this and yeah. this and this. Yeah. And I was like, that ain't it. Like, that, that that just ain't it. Like, that's not why I'm doing this. That's not how you do this. Then it was such a disconnect. Like, I felt like our entire group had such a disservice done to them. Yeah. Because there was just... Oh, I remember You that know person. what I'm talking about. God. There was just no connection to it at all. Yeah, you couldn't relate. Could not. You know, and he you was knew such that. a tool. Yeah. <laughs> unrelated. <laughs> but yeah, yes, but unrelated. It's not their fault, you know. It's not, it's not their yeah. fault, but yeah. They I wanted care. to help. Right, right, it goes down can't. to the therapeutic value of one addict helping another is without parallel. And, like, you can care. You can give so many fucks. You can give so many fucks. But <laughs> on just such a level, he, he couldn't touch us. I think that's one of the most powerful statements in our literature is mm-hmm. the therapeutic value of one addict helping another without parallel because it's actually factual. Yes. yes. You know, it's, it's true. And I think we give each other the respect that we deserve because, hey, I know you've been through some shit. Yeah. You know, if you did this and you did that, then you can understand, you know, the sick places. And I, and I always thought my, like, my shit would be sick, sicker than everybody's. Yeah. And then my yeah. sponsor told me one time, well, my sponsor has sex with chickens. I was like, well, that beats it all. <laughs> yeah, it's everyone. That, that beats it all. Like, all right, touche. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> I, was like, I remember doing my four-step with Mark. And just, like, after I'd read something, I'd pause and look at him. I'm yes! like, I'm waiting for this disgusting <laughs> face, yeah. just like a, you know. A visceral and, reaction. Yes. Just like, okay. And it was never there. Nope. And I was like, man, I'm not as fucked up. I mean, I am as fucked up as I think I am. <laughs> but I didn't, like, shock and awe and, like, scare my sponsor away. So the validation from other people that, you know, we we are all fucked up. And the, the, the real amazing part of that is that I was just doing what was done for me. Yeah. Of course, not judging, because I have done plenty yeah. of fucked up shit, yeah. plenty of weird shit. Yeah, the disease yeah. wants to separate you from the pack. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wants you separate. It wants you to think you're unique. Oh, I am terminally unique. Yeah, it wants yeah. you to think that your shit is worse yep. than everybody else's. And uh, that, that's how it keeps us like, in, in isolation. Because as a group, we're way stronger than as an individual. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, that's why I come to meetings when I'm like, if I'm suicidal, first place you're going to find me is yep. at a meeting because yeah. there's an energy there. Hundred percent. And I can go in. And I, I, like today, I snapped at Bailey. I snapped at Jessica. And then, like an hour in, I felt a little better, and I apologized. There's something about the ambient energy of a Narcotics Anonymous meeting, in that like, there's something higher than ourselves there. It always just brings me to a place where I where I'm appreciative. Yeah. And I'm uh, grateful. And, and then I got to send text to say, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to snap at you. Yeah. yeah. But, like, you never know what somebody's going through in, some, in one of these yep. meetings. You oh, never yeah. know who just who lost their kids, whose parents committed suicide. That's what, We have to be careful about what comes out of our mouth when, when we're uh, painting this grandiose picture of our life in, in, this, in this image of perfection. Well, shit, my life ain't fucking perfect, but I'm going to give it to you in the real and, uh, and, and, and let you see what it's like. Yeah. I think that's one of the, that's a really good point that you're making. And the other thing that it kind of made me think of is you don't always have to share. Amen. You know what I mean? Like you, you can, guess what? You can sit in a meeting and keep your fucking mouth shut and just listen. I try. I mean, I like to share, but you know, it's just like the general bullshit. But that's what I mean. Um, Crap, I'm going to forget what I was going to say. It used to be a rule. If you didn't have a year clean, you, yeah. you were told to close your mouth. Well, first they'd toss you a quarter and say, say that shit for your sponsor. Yeah. But if you didn't have a year clean, you weren't allowed to open your mouth because you didn't know anything. Right. I feel like my opinion on me sharing personally has grown with recovery, and I think that's really cool. Like when I first came to the rooms, I wanted to like say something every single meeting. I was deeply offended when I didn't get the book passed to me. Like I had some big shit I thought I had to say. <laughs> and now I'm terrified to get past the book or to be called on. Because I feel like my humiliate my humility and my ego is more conscious now, and uh, it's less personal driven than I so want. It's not about you; it's about other the people. The danger yeah. of sharing like the grandiose picture is that we all tend to, and especially newcomer, uh, compare our insides to someone's outside. Yeah. I do it every day, and I have trouble seeing the good in my life. Yeah. Like, I have trouble seeing the benefits that I've gained and that I've held myself back from achieving with that bullshit. Yeah. But it's like I, I constantly wondered how these guys 
are business owners and this and that. And I'm just comparing how I'm yeah. feeling to what they're saying because I feel like it should be different. But the thing is, I'm right where I need to be mm-hmm. yeah. at any given time. And it really don't fucking matter. It's not the why things are the way they are. It's the how are they like this? How can I fix it? How can I improve it? Not the why. I could be stuck in the why for fucking years. And even if I knew why, it wouldn't fucking matter, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely. I see people every day. I see clients of mine who, uh, you know, three months, they get a they get a vehicle, they get their kids back, they do this and that. So I'm veering off. Yeah, I was like, I've got a year and a half. I'm fi- now filing for bankruptcy because, you know, what happened to my car? I still live in a recovery house for you 15 months now. You know, that's big shit, now. though. To, I was to like, take I, the steps you need to yeah. do to get rid of the debt that you incurred. Yeah. I mean, that's a bunch of bullshit that happened. Yeah, it's but, like I see my kids once every six months. We're not using. Yeah, but I'm not using, <laughs> and my life is l- less unmanageable today than it was then, and it's not a competition at the end of the day. If I compared yeah. it, I would just, there'd be no point anymore. My script is my script, and yep. your script is your script. Mm-hmm. Your lessons are your lessons. My lessons are my lessons. That's why, like, I don't judge myself with any of these people. If you yeah. notice, my little crew, all of them are rich and successful. Yeah. And I'm the only one, like, with, you know, <laughs> front end of my car's missing. Nah. I don't care. Because I tell myself every day that, like, my lessons are my lessons. And their lessons, their journey, is this, this is where they're supposed to be. And I'm yep. supposed to be yep. here. So I need to focus on my lessons and why I'm here doing what I do. And, you know, I've had money. I've had the car in the house, and I was way more miserable than I am now. And and, and, and that's, like, a lot of people in here, they talk about humility, and they're the same people that have 90 pairs of shoes in their closet, $10,000 worth of gold on their neck, constantly buying clothes, constantly trying to make more money, and yet they're talking about humility. Well, I have, I have, I have a newsflash for you. That's not humility at all. It's not reflecting. You know, humility is when I, like, I don't... After this last relapse, like, I don't care about the shoes. I've been wearing these same pair of shoes for, like, six months now, and my outfits never match anymore. And, like, if you knew me from the past, like, I was so vain. I would take my clothes, I would take my shoes to the clothing store in with me so I could match up the colors to make sure they perfectly match. I had, like, pairs of shoes I never wore. Yeah. I had clothes with the tags on them. Yeah. In the big house and in, in, in the push-button car, and I was like, Wow, bro, you've made it. And then Zelda's like, wow, bro, you're more miserable now than you were yeah. before. I feel you like know. you pile all this pretty shit up, and eventually it goes over your fucking head. It's a yeah. facade. Yeah. yeah. You're focusing on the frame instead of the picture. You're ornamenting the, the, you're ornamenting the frame, and all the attention goes on the frame, so you don't have to look at the inside. And, like, I tease my friends all the time when they start talking about humility is and I'm humble. Motherfucker, you just spent 10 G's on a chain. What the fuck? Yeah. But I, I can do that, and, uh, and, and, and we can laugh about it. Because what yeah. you have to remember, man, we're in a room of broken pe- of broken toys. Oh, yeah. Ain't nobody in here healed. Ain't nobody, yeah. in, here, ain't nobody in here better than anybody else. And uh, I got news for y'all. If you're in Narcotics Anonymous, you know you have a mental health diagnosis, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not. And uh, ain't nobody better than anybody in here. I don't care shit how much time you have. And I think that keeps me uh, it keeps me grounded and it keeps me knowing, like, I can relapse 50 times. I'm going to walk through the door. I'm yeah. going to get my seat in the corner where I've been sitting for, like, 32 years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got a year and three days, and uh, this is, like, the, I don't know, 16th time I've had a year clean. <laughs> I just keep coming back. I just, I just, I just keep coming back. Yeah, it's been a year since I left, uh, since I left that 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 treatment facility. You know, God, that's so crazy, bro. I know. Time flies flown for all. I know. I because I have I have a year next month, so I'm like slowly like making my way towards it, right? Like I I never thought I'd hit two, and it's like a fucking nightmare. Like not to sound, it's just like the the horizon has broadened, and like now the little shit I need to start making like real like. Time to live, right? Yeah. And I've, I've listened to some speakers that say that two years kicked their ass, and like my sponsors told me it's kind of a weird time, and just like all the growth, man. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, you know what? What? And you know, someone said that you know the program's free. I didn't realize it is fucking free. Mm-hmm. I had no fucking hey, for all the stupid shit I spend money on, I don't spend nothing here. Yeah. Dollar in the basket, whatever. It's really cool, man. Uh, just I don't fucking know. <laughs> Like on the, going back to the uh, lessons in humility, like I, I don't know what it is about me that like I guess I've always had such a low outlook on myself that it's hard to get ego driven. 
Not that I don't. We talk about it all the time, how low we can think of ourselves and have such an inflated sense of ego. I'm fucking better than you. I know, all the time. I'm like, I'm better than you. What is is it that we said that other day on the podcast? Like, I never flew a sign, but I'll fucking rob you. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I swear to God, I thought I was better than everyone else. I was like, I'm not that low. I'm going to do crime instead. Or like when you're at a dope house and the people that shoot dope are worse than those. Yes. Oh, my God. How dare you put that in your veins like that? But we're sitting there twisting the glass. Exactly. Like, like we're better than. I mean, it was. It was actually a hierarchy at the dope there, house. I literally yeah, was about exactly. to say that you took the words out of my mouth. It was I like the people that smoke dope are better than the ones that shoot dope. <laughs> yeah. The ones that shoot dope are better than the ones that shoot heroin. Yeah. Like there was there was a different, and then the ones yeah. that sold it were better than the ones sold it but did it are still better than the ones that just do it. That's crazy. Like, then you pick up the needle and you don't give a fuck what they all think anymore. Oh, you yeah. want to get high. I remember saying <laughs> those words, and then a week later, I had a needle on my arm and was like, God damn it. <laughs> like. They're that way. And then you're just like, well, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like it, yeah. it doesn't matter anymore. Yep. You've ascended. <laughs> as long as we're numb. That's all we care about. Yep. Yeah. Numb. As long as I'm day. numb and I can't feel. And I used to get mad. I'd be like, man, you motherfuckers are emotionally unavailable. Are you talking about the trap house? <laughs> all you motherfuckers are emotionally unavailable for my knees. I can't talk to any of you. <laughs> when they'd be like, yeah. huh? <laughs> they'd get these looks on their faces. They'd be no, like, what the sleep. fuck? <laughs> And of course we're emotionally unavailable. We just put methamphetamine in yeah. our bodies. We don't want to talk about feelings. Fuck yeah. no, we're we're numbing the bad, the good, all of it. There's no guilt, there's no shame, but there's no joy, no. excitement, pleasure. Everybody just wants it. to know what, what channel is the porn on. That's yep. all we really care about. <laughs> yep. I remember one time I was. <laughs> That's in- funny you mentioned. Sorry, the that fucking hotel you're on the fucking property channel has like old like '90s and like early '90s porn. For some reason on this channel at this hotel out west. Well, of course. It's just like it was always on. Like 24-7, I was like, what the fuck is up with this? They like, knew what they were doing. They yeah, but that's like yeah. not like a, like, do I just call the fucking place and be like, hey, I'm trying to get these channels, but I want this one that plays this retro I feel porn. like you could have. <laughs> no, I remember being in the trap once, and it, I, it was still when I it was pretty. The trap was pretty new to me, right? So I walk in, and everybody's got a needle in their arm, right? And it's like a it's a culture shock when you first see it. At least for, it was for me because right. orange was, lids and shit. Yeah, yeah it's like, I was I was raised, you know, upper middle class, you know, and my family didn't smoke, they didn't drink, they didn't watch porn, they didn't do any of that stuff, right? So. Um, it was it was like a shock to me seeing that, and I remember sitting on the couch, and this girl was sitting next to me, and she was getting ready to do a shot, and she was like, uh, "Are you okay with me doing this right now?" And I just went, "I went, thank you." I'm like, "That's so considerate of you to ask." I'm like, "Yeah, girl, go ahead. Like, I don't do it, but you can do it. It's yeah. fine." But I just remember thinking, like, that was so considerate of her. And then, like, a week later, I'm doing the same shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? That started the deconstruction of the barrier. You oh, know? Right. Yes, you'd get desensitized to it, and then that shit becomes okay. Yeah. That's insane. But one thing that you always say, Mike, is that, and this, this tells you how much I pay attention to you in meetings, because I, I do pay attention to you in meetings, but you're always saying, you know, you'll be here for a year and the entire room will turn over. You know what I mean? The the same people, 99% of the people that are in the rooms now won't be here a year later. That's a fact. And when the first time I heard you say that, I'm like, I'm going to be one of those people. Yeah. Like, I want to be one I'm of those people shy. that's still here. You know what I mean? So, um, I just think it's really amazing that we can all come into this room and we all have the same goal in mind. I mean, today, what was there? Probably 80 people in the room? Oh, there's yeah. a lot of people. I knew, like, six people? Right. Yeah. It had t- it's already already it's already it's turned over. Yeah. And yeah. there's a reason for that. We, You know, we're... The book tells you. We're yeah. egotistical, arrogant. We think we know something. We think we, we want a kinder, softer, general way. And we think we know what we're doing. We're unique. You know, I can do it different. And a lot of people are there just to get their paper size. But I've been around a long time. And I, but I also know that, you know, nobody, what's the book say? Never have we seen an addict that works this program fail mm-hmm. or something like yeah. that. When did you first come into the rooms? Like, oh my God, I was here before Ronnie. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> oh my God. He's been for a while. A while. Yeah. Like the early 90s. Okay. And, and it was way. I mean, it was just as crazy. It might even have been a little crazier back then, but uh, it was different back then. Like I said, if you didn't have a year, you you, you went into the meeting and, and you weren't allowed to speak because everything you said was bullshit. <laughs> you know, because then people knew that you were going to try to manipulate the meetings. People knew that you were right. going to try to speak at every yeah. meeting. And yeah. You were a 30-day wonder. And, oh, my God, my life is so fucking amazing right. now that I've been clean 30 days. And they would just tell you, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> And uh, NA's always been strong in Tulsa, and I, I've watched it turn over probably, 
Uh, numerous times. Yeah, yeah, countless times, I'm sure. And, I, and I've, I've watched my own struggle through Narcotics Anonymous because obviously I have a reservation in my program because I always, like, 18, 24 months. I think the longest I ever had was, like, 23 months. And Jessica always telling me, you got a year now, you got to watch it, you better watch yourself. <laughs> I'm like, shut the fuck up, Jess. <laughs> Around the same quarter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm resilient. You know, I'm a resilient human being. I, yeah. I keep coming back because I don't know no other way. Like, there might be other ways to do this, and I'm sure there is. There's Buddhist recovery and smart yeah. recovery and this recovery, recovery and that too. recovery. The only thing that I've ever seen that works is the 12-step recovery. Even, I mean... So what if there's a 97% yep. failure rate? I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to keep coming back. And, uh, like, I know the steps don't cure, like, mental illness. And I know there's a big misconception about a lot of the steps. Like, yeah, God's going to come take all your character defects and you'll never have again. No, dumbass. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works. Because <laughs> no. you're going to reclaim them bitches five yep. seconds after you work that step. Yep. But I've never seen anybody... Do a disservice to themselves by working the twelve steps on narcotics and numbers. Mm-hmm. How can you not gain something from getting a an insight to yourself, a perspective? Like I'm a I, I'm an ample believer that if you don't throw your book against the wall, tear it up, and get pissed off when you're working steps, you're yep. not working it's them bitches hurt. right. Oh, it's yeah. got to hurt. Yeah. Yeah. If you ain't feeling some pain when you work them steps. You're not doing them bitches right because I I've torn up many a notebook. Said man, fuck this, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. And then 20 minutes later, I'll pick that bitch up. Yeah. <laughs> It's like that's how I am on my first step, working it the second time right now. Because I, I, I told you, I, I was like, as of today, I am very far removed from the initial desperation and depravity of my initial addiction. Mm-hmm. So now reworking the first step, I am talking about my brand new gambling addiction. I'm talking about how brand I brand new, it's the same disease. Yeah, I was like, how I do, I you know, ease my feelings with food. I shop yes. when I feel sad. I was mm-hmm. laying in bed the other day and I felt sad for five seconds. Within those five seconds, I had picked up Amazon and hit buy now. And I was like, the fuck did I just do? <laughs> like, without even oh, thinking, God. was buying fucking crystals online. Yeah. Because I now have, like, three shelves in my bedroom that I just had made because I can't stop buying fucking crystals. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, I am constantly using outside of myself every second that I'm not aware of it. And it's like, now I have to look at that. And I have to do work on that. Because it's no longer, like, taking the drugs out of my body because there are right. no drugs in my body. Yeah. It's a you thing now. Yeah. 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 So, like... But but I am actively working the steps, and uh, I don't know where the thought was going. I uh, I tell people all the time, just just man, give yourself a break. Like if you if you spend an inappropriate amount of money, or you got a you bought yourself an eight hundred dollar Xbox and your rent is due, ease up, man. Ease up. Give yourself a break. And and like I read this book once, and uh, Jesus said, "The child of God forgot to laugh." And it's like a metaphor for life, man. Why do y'all take this shit so serious? Damn. It's not a competition. This shit ain't that serious. The biggest house on the block don't win. Y'all need to chill the fuck up and laugh. And and if you can step back from yourself and laugh at the insanity of life, because I don't know about you, but if you look at life in in, in a general perspective, it's fucking crazy (laughs) out here. People are in fucking sane. And Jesus said, whoa, bro, just chill. Learn how to laugh. Step back and look at the big overall cosmic joke because it is a joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I don't know about you, but I ask myself every day, man, like, where did I come from? Why am I here? Yeah. What's my purpose? Well, your purpose is to be nice to each other mm-hmm. and to love each other mm-hmm. and to help each other. It's not a fucking competition. Who got the most cars and the, and the nicest shoes and, and the best and the most money? It's a competition Try about you ain't leaving with none of that. Yeah. 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 Sit back, laugh. Get that dude a hug. Like I treat, I treat the two homeless dudes that live in the parking lot the same as I treat y'all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, are you hungry? Uh, how you doing? What's up? No, I'm good. How are you? Uh, and like me personally, if I don't laugh at it, I'll be hanging in my closet again by a bed sheet. Same. Yep. You yeah. know, and I and I've done that. You know, I've done that once, and I was like, "Oh, this shit hurts. Let me get up." <laughs> yeah. You know, like, it, it fuck that. Never mind. Like, <laughs> like, never mind. It's, this shit hurts. Let me uh, let me get off my knees with this bed sheet tied around <laughs> my fucking neck. It's like we talked about my hanging attempt a few episodes ago. <laughs> and then my homeboy was like, "Hey, bro, hey, bro, there's a video on YouTube. You got to tie the noose right around your neck." <laughs> oh my work. god. I was like, "Thanks, bro. Yeah. Good, exactly good looking out. Yeah. Good yeah. looking yeah. out." <laughs> Good looking out, bro. <laughs> oh my god. But humor, I think, like humor. Because I don't know about you, but I get real, real serious. I get real serious, real, real yep. quick, and I worry a lot. I worry about money. Yeah. You know, I worry about myself. Like, where am I gonna live? I'm 
56 years old. What are you going to do? You ain't got no girlfriend. Your kids ain't taking care of you. We yeah. That shit just, it rolls, 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 oh, yeah. rolls. And finally, I'm like, fuck it. I give up. So I have to step back and laugh. And um, you got to remember, if you tell the truth, you ain't got to worry about the lie. And yeah. I don't know about mm-hmm. you all, but I lie every day. Mm-hmm. I make shit up off the top of my head. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why did I say that? And it's because we come from an environment where we, we lie constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we lie to ourselves, we lie to our family, we lie to our friends, we lie to the people at the trap. And in turn, I, lied too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't take your dope. No, your dope is in my pocket. Can I help you look for it? Absolutely. Right? Every time. Every time. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's amazing though, like, so, <laughs> like you'll be, like, if you're in a trap or whatever and, you know, you're, you bullshitted everybody, you're bullshitting everybody, and then all of a sudden, like, somebody bullshits you and you, you like, I don't know about y'all, but I got offended. Like, when somebody would bullshit me or lie to me, I'd be like, this motherfucker just fucking lied to me. Like, I know that's not fucking true. And then I'm like, yeah. but I'm sitting there doing the same shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Shit's just crazy. You're right. It is crazy. My, my mom always said, you know, if we don't laugh, we'll cry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, we find humor in every situation. In every situation. Like, yep. even, I know this is kind of off topic, but like, even when my grandmother passed away, we were making the funeral arrangements, and my grandfather was there, and they were talking about how much it was gonna be to bury her. And uh, my grandpa was like, man, I, I think I'll just stay alive. Like, that's expensive. And then I looked at the funeral so director, <coughs> I looked at the funeral director, and I'm like, can we get like a BOGO? Like, a buy one, get one for his too, like, while we're here. And the it's, funeral director looked like we were crazy. You <laughs> know, and I, when you say that, it makes me think of like at, uh, at, uh, Rachel's uh, memorial. I was, another one bites the Yeah, dust. and I thought this, the way that, that that song broke this like really dense, like, just it was a you know, you know, the, the yeah. aura in there was heavy, and understandably so. But that song ringing out, that was like saying, don't take yeah. this so fucking and if you serious. knew her, that yeah, was, right. if you knew Rachel, then that was like, that didn't even surprise me what her. two songs that she yeah. picked for her funeral because I knew her and like sarcasm was like, she had a gift for yeah. her. She talked big shit, you know, she was funny. Uh, yeah, I didn't know her super like, intimately or anything, but she was one of the, like whenever I came in here with old Steven's crazy butt, man, and, and Randy and them, I remember she was just one of those people that was like, Smiling face, man, was that brightness I was looking for. Like, you know, I didn't know I was looking for it yet, but that was, like, something always stuck out in my mind. And, uh, you know, that's another thing about enjoying it and laughing because you you ain't fucking promised nothing. No, she was one of the good ones. Yeah, for sure. She was one of my – I don't go to funerals, but she was one of my good friends. And It did not surprise me when I heard that she played another one by (laughs) the dust at her funeral. I was like, well, that's Rachel. If you just knew Rachel – then you knew, and there's a lot of there's a lot of Rachels in the rooms. You just have to the gift of discernment, I man. You got to you just have to have the gift of discernment. And we take those we take those tools that we learned in the drug world, you know, the dope world. Though to survive, you have to you have to develop certain survival skills. Mm-hmm. Discernment's a good one. Yeah, especially yeah. when you're living at animal level, man. Yeah, you know, you ain't bathing, you barely eating. Mm-hmm. You gotta. Like, I had to carry my laptop everywhere I went. You can't sit it down and try for two minutes because I mean they'll steal your underwear. Yeah. So we take those skills and we bring them to Narcotics Anonymous and uh, we try to turn them into a skill set, you know, that, that that's positive, that's, that's uplifting. And, you know, we try not to, I try not to rob, I try not to steal, I try not to lie. And I fail every day. And, uh, like, I, I hate to reiterate this, but, like, it's the, the child of God forgot to laugh. And it's you could take it literal or I'm you so could take it metaphorically. So yeah. good. You know that's that's I, and that and that is always with me. Like, you, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys know, but you know, you know how humiliating it is. Like, if you're, and this is a little bit off topic, but like, let's say you're bipolar, and let's say somebody's third partied you, um, and they've called the authorities and told them that that, that uh, you're uh, that, that that you're suicidal. They handcuff you. They put you in leg chains. They put you in the back of the police car, but you're not under arrest. Right. Then they praise you through the emergency room. Mm-hmm. The doctor treats you like you're a pariah. I've had that happen to me. The nurses don't want to oh. be around you. And then you might get pissed off, and then security's going to tase you. And they, they treat you like you're, I mean, they, they treat you like you're an animal, but you're not under arrest. And, like, how can you take that? Like, if you take that serious, that just drives you more insane. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I've been hospitalized over 25 times. I've been to at least 25 institutions. I've been deemed incompetent in two different states, not just Oklahoma. 
I'm one of the people that got disability right away. They go, oh, hell yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, you, you qualify. <laughs> First application. First application. Like, damn, this dude can't work. Yeah. Yeah. I remember waking up in the ER one time naked, handcuffed to the fucking gurney, and I was like, the doctor walked by, I was like, sorry. <laughs> I was like, I don't know more from what, but like, I, I got here, sorry. <laughs> like, it's, my bad. And, and a lot of us are mentally ill, man. Yeah. A lot of us are medicating sorry. mental illness. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a big it's a big deal in the recovery movement. I mean, dual diagnosis is no joke. No, it's yeah. not. You know, we're we're medicating feelings, and uh, people don't understand. I and mean, just try to explain yourself and see how much more they understand. They don't. Mm-hmm. They don't. That's why a lot of us commit suicide. Yeah. And a lot of us die lonely because your friends would be like, I don't know what to tell you. Well, what yeah. the fuck? You tell me to reach out. Yeah. So I think like, that whole thing is so stigmatized. Like. The amount of times yes. I hear from my coworkers from, oh, these clients are acting out for attention. Okay, let's break that down real quick. Mm-hmm. They're acting out for attention. That means their needs are not being met. And you're just going to tell me you're ignoring that because they want attention? That's like what I said, like, my clear, theory on institutional behavior. Yeah. yeah. Like, like you put me in there, I'm getting here. cigarettes. I'm doing this. I'm yeah. doing the most, motherfucker. We're yep. human beings. Yep. And I got to remember that that humility, compassion. Yeah, absolutely. Is the two like words I'm really taking out this whole episode. So we yeah. don't get yeah. into this field of work because we're judges. I don't get to sit here and judge your behavior so now you don't get recovery. Well, this is people yeah. in for Definitely the wrong fucking reason. for the money. After yeah. 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 <laughs> and so this is people that are yeah. in the, they're doing this for the wrong reasons. Yeah. See, that's one of the things that makes me think of, like, you know, compassion and, and having compassion for another human being and, you know, what they're suffering through. When, for example, like, when I see a dog on the side of a road that's a stray, it's obviously been out there a while, you know, it's matted, it's dirty, it's skinny, it's hungry, and you try to approach it, and it gets aggressive, right? Right. Of course it does, yeah. It's scared. Exactly. It's been so abused. So, what do we do? We talk to it. We bring it food. We try to get it comfortable coming with us, right? And then once it's comfortable coming with us, then we can take it to the vet or give it a bath or feed it or whatever, right? Why? How are we as human beings not able to extend that same compassion that we do to that dog to other human beings that are in the exact same mental state? We actually treat the animals shit. better than exactly. we do. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and it's a, it's a fear and trauma deal. It's and you like, got to remember, it's been, it's been, we've been socially conditioned by the powers that be that, this is, that we're at war. Right. We're at war with each other. This is a competition. Whoever has the most wins, you have you have to you have to you have to take care of yourself. You have to work. If you can't take care of yourself, fuck you. We'll give you a hundred dollars in food stamps, and and you can just die. When we've been, you know, we have to be very very careful. That we've been conditioned and socially engineered because if the powers yeah. that be, if we saw the reality that this isn't a race war, it's not a class war. It's a financial war, the haves and the have-nots. 100%. Because, like, what, 1% of the, 1% of the population controls, like, 68% of the wealth? Five families own, like, every corporation that yeah. there is? They don't want us to know that because if we ever united, mm-hmm. if blacks, yeah. whites, Latinos, yeah. gays, yeah. lesbian, queers, gender this, gender that, Democrats, I'm a, I'm a Democrat. Yeah, if we ever united... Then they'd be fucked because yep. because our numbers are so they have to keep us at war. Yep. And like we're the lowest of the low. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're drug addicts. You have a moral deficiency. Why can't you just stop? Well, gee, why didn't I fuck? I love yeah. when people tell me that. Really? Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> I had someone yeah. tell me one time my mental uh, conditions were only in my head. And I was like, I know, that's the <laughs> that's, fucking problem. That's yeah. the they literally said, like, well, I don't behave that way. I was like, I know, that's why I'm diagnosed today and you're fucking not. So like my the, bad. And that thing Sincerely. about the social engineering and like that's like it's that is something, man. That's something I've always like literally thought the same thing about as far as the numbers game and uh you know, it is scary because they got it ingrained in us. I mean, it's a, it's a way to keep you docile, to keep you spending your money, to keep you consuming, to only give you just enough. Because, like, what is it? And I know whatever I'm going to say, mm-hmm. Kanye was just saying that about, well, if we made money, we made money. If we made money, then why can't there just be made more? Yeah. Right. It doesn't make any sense because there's not past our moral being. Be at work in 10 minutes. You don't need to be at work. But past our past our like mortal existence, like there's nothing. The money is nothing. Yeah. 
Like, it's nothing. It's fucking not real. Well, keeping us distracted is the best way for them to get away with all the shit that they're doing to oh, us. Absolutely. absolutely. So, I could go on the longest rant about that. Yeah. Oh, I already know. You know. And, you know, I always be joking around. Like, you know, my cellar yeah. reptilian and stuff, and I'm just kidding. But yeah. it's like, my point is, is the, the biggest thing I try to drive home with all my weird idealisms is that you need to question all that shit. At least question it. Yeah. And keep your mind out there. Keep your mind working on it, right? Most people are stupid. Just remember that. Yeah, 100%. If you remember that, most people are stupid and do what they're told. Like, with the, the they just believe whatever they're told. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever Donald Trump says is, like, is God. Or whatever Joe, yeah. I need to be in a nursing home eating Jello says, <laughs> Jeez. you know, is going. Fit water you, thickener. Yeah, yeah, if you question it, you're in the minority and you're going to be, you're going yeah. to be, uh, I can't think of the right word, but if you if you question everything and, and you let it be known, you're gonna be ridiculed. Well, it's yeah. just like how someone yeah. that yeah. tries to control another person, let's say in a relationship, the controller will employ various means of control: no phone, no social media, no family, blah 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 blah. And so, if I'm from a bigger trying to control a vast amount of people, I can employ all these kinds of control. There's some old movie, and David Icke he got canceled off of YouTube because he said that COVID was fake and they took him off because he had a huge falling. Yeah. But he talked about this movie from the fucking 80s where like this guy finds this pallet full of glasses in his basement, takes one pair, puts them on, and he can see like the reality of things, like the people that aren't real people. And, like the stop sign says obey and mm -hmm. the vacation is right. it says something else. Like it's just right. a like I don't know what it was. We but, could go into a huge whole tangent on yeah. this subject. No, 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 like. no, but you know <laughs> I'm just saying it's like just look past what you see. Yeah. And really Read between fucking the lines. And, see it with yeah. depth. That's, yeah. what, that's all yeah. I want. And in the end, we all just want to be hugged. Yeah. <laughs> and told it. that it's going to be okay. We exactly. all want to be told it's going to be okay. And we want to, and we don't, yeah. and we want to be accepted for who we are. And we're scared. Yeah. I guess. Like, 100%. On that scared. note, did you see that Facebook post I told you to look at the other day that I posted? Yes. And like, I feel like that ties into it. It was uh, the images of Jesus bending down on his feet, uh, bathing a cop's foot, bathing the Pope's foot, bathing uh Trump's, Joe Biden's, uh, you know, anti-vaxxer, yeah. LGBTQ yeah. person, uh, an addict, and, like, all these people. Like, at the end of the day, everyone, despite what you believe or think, still deserves humanity. Still deserves love. It doesn't matter what you think, what you say, what you do, what you do not do. Everyone black, deserves black, love white, green, and humility. Y'all yeah. know Jesus is up there going, like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, my God. Whatever. Oh, I need to come <laughs> back because you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, now, yeah. now you got me painted like I'm a rich white person <laughs> and I only, I only like rich people or people that do this. <laughs> Yeah. And I was with the hookers, the whores, the yep. murderers, the yep. thieves, and the dope yep. fiends. What are y'all doing to me? Mistakes me were made. But yeah. that's what we yeah. do. That's what we do as a society. Absolutely. We twist shit. Yeah. It's like I love uh, the spiritual act of, act of religion, but once you take the word religion, that's where humanity comes in, and that's my issue. It's like I love that stuff, but I don't love humanity. Yeah. And that's... You don't love humanity? Jesus oh, loves God. you. I just want you to laugh. <laughs> we know what you meant. It's fine. Yeah. I'm done with y'all. <laughs> All right, guys. I think we need to wrap it up. Sam's got to get to work. I'm so. hungry. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I guess it's getting cranky. You're right. <laughs> well, up. we want to thank Mike again for uh, taking the time out to be on the episode. It was the, my pleasure. Absolutely. 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 Really, really loved yeah, it. My um, we'll have to do it again sometime if we Absolutely. ever have some, some time to get together again. Um Yep, and I just wanted to also remind you guys that in Sky Cheek, we've started a new 12-step program, um, Saturdays meeting. and Sundays. Meeting. Program. <laughs> Not program, <laughs> meeting. Um, starting at 7 p.m. Saturdays and Sundays. If you want that information, feel free to reach out to me. Um, just remember, you never have to use again no matter what. No matter what. No Love matter you guys. What. Bye. That was Bye. fun.